Hello, Burlington, and welcome to Net Zero Energy. I'm Jennifer Green, Director of Sustainability for the City of Burlington, where our goal is to reduce and eventually eliminate fossil fuel usage. Today, we have Dave Lowe with us. Dave is the Executive Director of the 2030 Districts Network. The Districts Network is a group of 24 cities that are working to reduce greenhouse gas emissions in the built environment, water, and in ground transportation. As we'll learn from Dave, the 2030 Districts Network is not only composed of 24 districts around the country, but Burlington itself has a 2030 district. We really appreciate you being here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so we know you're in town because our own Burlington 2030 district has just hosted a summit bringing together all the districts from around the country to talk about lessons learned and things that are going on. Maybe before we talk at all about the summit, you can tell us, you know, what is a district and what is the district's network? Sure. I think the best place to start is uh, really the history. And it starts essentially back in about 2010 in Seattle when the city of Seattle passed a benchmarking ordinance requiring commercial buildings in the downtown core to benchmark their energy use. So I was in Seattle at that point, uh, director of sustainability for a commercial real estate firm. So my company was uh, all of a sudden faced with, well, first of all, what does benchmarking mean? And back in 2010, none of us actually knew what that really meant. So rather than tackling this uh, by ourselves, uh, we, a bunch of us got together, other people uh, in the, we'll call it the sustainability world, sustainable commercial building world, we got together and said, let's tackle this together. Why don't we put together a group to see um, how we would uh, we would work on benchmarking? And so Seattle was the first quote unquote sort of district. And yeah. then obviously we were talking before we started recording, you're up to 24 now, including of course, Burlington. We're up to 24 now. And really what happened after we had some success in Seattle is other cities came to us and said, boy, this is an intriguing, interesting idea. Can we start one in Pittsburgh. Um, and then Cleveland said, came to us and said, we would like to, and, and, and we will help convene these different districts. We'll put them together in a network. And then fast forward to about 2015, 2016, Ar- Architecture 2030, which is primarily a research organization. Uh, they put out these goals. They do a lot of research on the built environment, said, um, you know, we're not really in a position to run this network. Um, why don't you become your own organization? So about that time, uh, we became our own 501c3 uh, nonprofit organization, um, and we are the, the, the 2030 districts network, which, uh, as you mentioned, we're about up to 24 different districts, um, with two of those being in Canada. So, um, so we, we are an international organization, or at least, at least North American-wide. Well, that's really cool. I appreciate the history. I didn't realize that you know, it, it's really a public-private partnership that was initiated from this public effort to do benchmarking? Well, we we very, very purposely from the very beginning didn't call it a public-private partnership, but called it a private-public partnership. And that was very important. Um, this was something that was led by building owners. So it was led by the private sector. As we start new districts, um, we always say this, we don't want a new district uh, to, to uh, be formed and have it run by the city. That's not the way this works. We want the public or the private sector to get together um, and start a district. Now, we, we always say to a new city, we want you, the first person you need to go talk to is the city. The municipality needs to be at the table, needs to be involved, obviously key to anything that's going on, uh, but we don't want them to run it. What else would you share in terms of what you've learned 
Some of the best wins we've had throughout the network are, are when a district works very closely with the municipality to help shape uh, a policy. Um, so working very closely, I think, with, uh, we, with the municipality is, is really important. And, and then, uh, you know, we have, we have three categories of members. So we have the, the building owners, uh, obviously very important and, and probably the focus. We're, they're the, the, uh, the organizations we're trying to get to, to save, uh, energy, water, transportation emissions. So they're the focus. But we also have professional stakeholders. So, uh, very important to go out and talk to your local architects, energy engineers, HVAC companies, the, really the, the boots on the ground, we call them, who are doing the, the actual work. So, so for Forming strong partnerships with those organizations uh, is very important. And then we also have community members. So going out and talking to your local uh, uh, U.S. Green Building Council chapter, uh, any local nonprofits that are already uh, uh, working in the sustainability or the green building space, very important to have them on board. Dave, can you tell us about a success story? Um, And I know I'd love to talk about Burlington's 2030 district in a minute, but when you look across all the districts that exist now. Yeah, I, you know, I think, um, I think uh, I'll point to probably Seattle as, as one, as I mentioned, a, a sort of a policy win. I think so, um, one of our more important um, success stories that go beyond individual buildings. We have lots of success stories on an individual building uh, basis uh, that, that we could talk about. But on a policy level, the, the city of Seattle uh, was looking to, to incorporate green building standards, um, and they came to the 2030 district because again the stakeholders that are involved in the district are all of the the owners that were that are going to be affected by any policy and they really help shape uh, some green building policies that they put together something called the living building challenge so there are some incentives in Seattle that developers of, of existing or uh, new buildings if they meet certain thresholds uh, around energy use are offered incentives even floor height incentives so, can, so they can build larger taller buildings I um, mean that was all helpful shaped by the 2030 district. Dave, I'm curious about, you know, let's imagine this podcast is shared far and wide and there are communities beyond Burlington that want to form districts. What does that look like? Essentially, as I mentioned, what needs to happen is, is it needs to be a community-led effort. If they, they called us and said, we'd like to form a, a district, we would say convene sort of the leaders in your, in your area, primarily uh, or start with those real estate owners, managers, developers, get a few of them on board, uh, go talk to some leading uh, professional stakeholders, go talk to the city, get them all at the table, um, and we'll walk you through the process of starting a district. And it's really, we do have some uh, some parameters. Uh, we want there to be a, a critical mass of, of uh, square footage within a city. We want it to, to be in the downtown core. We've always sort of started out in downtown core and then spread out from there. And then we have a process of walking through, um, uh, making sure they're meeting regularly, and then we eventually want them to put together a business plan. Um, and, and then they, they sign a charter with the network that really just says that we uh, will, will start a new district um, and we will, um, we will work with the existing districts. We will, we will work with the same goals. We will share information with the other districts. Um, um, when a building owner joins a local district, the one thing that they are asked to do is share their energy 
water and transportation data. The whole idea um, is to benchmark and then to sh- and to be able to combine that data to try to measure district-wide success. So um, that data obviously is confidential. It just stays at a local level. It doesn't ever get pushed uh, any further. But that's the that's kind of the one requirement from a from a building owner. Well, we love the 2030 district. You know, as the director of sustainability and uh, working here at the Burlington Electric Department, you know, we're always looking to outreach to our nonprofit, our commercial building owners, et cetera. Like, how can we help you? And having another voice, having the Burlington 2030 district also serve as an amplifier of that message, we get more customers coming in for assistance. And so we really appreciate that partnership. Being here this week was really special to see the relationship that the 2030 district has with utilities, with Burlington Electric and Vermont Gas. It, it, it is unique. And, and I think you are unique utilities um, and our experience throughout the, the, the country, so willing to be a part of an effort like this, so willing to, to focus on uh, these important matters. So yes, there are a lot of unique things happening here in Burlington. And, and I would say uh, uh, the residents of, of Burlington are all, all really lucky to, to have uh, not only a great Burlington 2030 district, but great utility partners. Thank well, thank you, very, you. Yeah, thanks thank for making much. time um, during your busy week to come in and record with us. Appreciate it. Thank you again for listening to Net Zero Energy. If you have any questions about this podcast or what BED offers regarding incentives, rebates, or technological support, look for us at burlingtonelectric.com or call us at 802 865 7300. You can also follow us on Facebook. We're always here to help and look forward to engaging with you on our mutual path to net zero energy.